I want to do a couple things. So I just want you to follow me what I'm going to do right now. Um, sometime this year, I won't say this spring, I'll just say this year, I'm going to teach a series called Club 5, 7, and 9. Club 5, 7, and 9. Like golf, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Club 5, 7, 9. What do you think that's about? I'm going to do a teaching on the five ministry gifts of the Spirit, the seven foundational gifts of the Spirit, and the nine... Um, spiritual gifts, or one, one person calls them the public assembly gifts or whatever, but I, 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 like them, I like to call them today the spiritual gifts, the nine spiritual gifts. Ephesians chapter 4, Romans chapter uh, 12, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where you find those gifts of the Spirit. We're going to do a teaching on that. And... Um, <clears throat> One of the things that you will learn about in this teaching is in 1 Corinthians 12 are the nine gifts of the Spirit. And two of those gifts are as the Lord wills these gifts. Jesus operated in all nine of these gifts. But people operate in them that are born again and filled with the Spirit of God. People operate in these nine gifts of the Spirit as the Lord wills them. It's not just a, well, I have this gift and someone else has this gift. No. The, the Scripture is very clear. It says the Lord wills those for the profit of other people. And so two of those gifts, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, are gifts that I believe this year are being resurrected. I mean... I believe throughout the body of Christ, but in gates of the city. People are, the, the, there's a resurrecting of these, of these two gifts of the Spirit because I believe every believer needs to be confident that they can have words of wisdom and words of knowledge for other people. Come on. Yeah. Just simple. Sitting, at a, sitting somewhere and talking with somebody and you have a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge for their life. Um, I don't believe that God intended for the church to function without the gifts of the Spirit. I don't believe He intended the church to operate that way. Because there are special times and special needs that people have, that they need people that are gifted and are aware of what God wants to say to another person. And, um, I mean, have you ever just had a thought? you ever just had a thought? You're, sitting, you're talking to somebody and you have a thought about somebody? Who, who's to say that that thought that you have about that person isn't from the Spirit of God? I mean, you know, if it's a thought, you know, man, they're an idiot. You know, that's not from God, right? I'm not talking about that thought. I'm talking about a thought that would benefit because the nine gifts of the Spirit are released through people for the profit of of other people. It's for profit. And so, um, <clears throat> tonight, 
We're on our foundational series, and we are in the, the five points that outline a statement of faith that every person needs to have in their life to be able to share with other people. And tonight, number four that we're teaching on is the Holy Spirit. And so today, as I was, as I was praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit told me to do something tonight as I'm teaching in this. And so I'm going to prophesy to a number of you tonight. God's given me some things for a number of you. And uh, so when I prophesy over you, you know, there's going to be like this heat that comes over you and you could start falling and convulsing on the floor and, and this kind of stuff. So, so be scared. No. <clears throat> no. I'm just going to speak in normal English and I'm not going to hey and yay and yo and mo or anything, you know. I'm just going to speak to you what the Spirit of the Lord is saying because the Spirit of God has things to say to us. And the Holy Spirit showed me some things to prophesy to you tonight as I'm teaching on point number four in your statement of faith on the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm just going to teach, and as I go, I'm going to prophesy. So just follow with me tonight. This iPad. Sometimes I want I want it to be like one of those etch and sketch things. <laughs> and gosh, it's I don't know what it, this thing is doing. Something really strange. I could lay hands on it in the name of Jesus. Okay. Um. So, like I said last week. God wants you to be able to talk with other people. You, you don't have to have a wealth of information. You don't have to have 19 years of schooling on the Holy Spirit to be able to talk to someone else. You just have to hear about it, and you just have to be able to go to Scripture and read about it, and then just be able to repeat what you read about and that comes to you. When you open a math book and you start reading about math problems, or you open a history book and you start reading about history, and someone asks you a question based on the information that you've read, what do you, what do, you do? I mean, do you go into some long, detailed, you know, information about, you know, you're reading about George Washington and all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you get so intimidated when somebody asks you a question about something that you read that you have to give them, you know, from the time he was born till the time he died, you know, information. Now you don't have to do that. Just answer the question. And if you've been studying about the Holy Spirit and someone asks you about the Holy Spirit, just tell them what you know. What will happen is, what will begin to come out of you is things that you don't even realize where it came from because of what you've been studying. And you'll walk away from that conversation thinking, wow, that was awesome. Where were the cameras? You know, 
That was awesome what I did and what I shared. I mean, have you, ever walk, have you ever done that? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've walked away, especially in the early years, because I was filling my mind and my heart with the Word of God, and people would ask me questions, and all of a sudden, bam, bam, and I go, oh, wow, you know? It just began to flow out of me, and that's what the Holy Spirit does, okay? So three elementary things that, that we're remembering about the Holy Spirit and, and number one is that he's the third person of, of, of the Trinity. And, and you find that in 1 John 5, 7. Actually, I want to look at that one, 1 John 5, 7. I'm not going to look up every verse. You just need to take notes and write these down. But 1, 1 John 5, 7 says, <clears throat> For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So they're three, but yet they're one. They're three and one. They're three but one. They're three but one. They're God, but they're God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they all, all three of them operate in their areas, and they're not in competition with each other, and they're not intimidated by each other. They are who they are. Amen? And you and I need to be who we are, who God created us to be. And, and with the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish these things and be the people God created us to be. So it, it's, we have to remember that the person of the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. And we see in Genesis 1-1 that in the beginning was the Word, and, and, and in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God, in verse 2 of Genesis 1, hovered over all the earth. So we see the Spirit of God, who's the third part of the triune being, we see Him in that mix in Genesis 1, 1 and 2. Then we see in Genesis 1, 26, where it says, and God created, God created man in His, in his image after His likeness. So God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit who was in the beginning, Holy Spirit who's third part of that triune being, Holy Spirit was a part of creating you and I. And the scripture is very clear, and we've read this in this teaching, John chapter 3, that a that a person must be born again. There's, there, there is a truth about being born of water, and then there's a truth about being born of the Spirit. And you must be born a second time of the Spirit. So there's, there is the understanding of being born of the Spirit. There's the understanding then of being filled with the Spirit. In fact, look at Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. Matthew 3 and 11, John says this, I indeed, John the Baptist says this, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So it's vital that we are born of the Spirit, but then also that we're baptized in the Spirit. And as a result of, of, of being baptized in the Spirit of God, then we begin to pray in other tongues. And on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2-4, we see where 
the Spirit of God came upon the people and they began to pray with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we see the third part of the triune being. We see what his purpose and his plan. He's been from the beginning. He was a part of our salvation. He, he, he's been there to fill us to overflowing. And, and by the Spirit of God, we have the ability to pray with other tongues. And when we pray with other tongues, as we'll see in a few verses of Scripture here, there's a lot of different things that can happen in our lives as we pray in the Spirit. And what I want you to see tonight, and what I, I don't care how long that you've been born again and how much you think you know, I want you to leave here tonight with a greater understanding, just a simple understanding that the Holy Spirit wants to do more through you than you have any idea. He wants to do more through you than you have any clue. The Holy Spirit does. So, just several things that the Spirit of God provides. And you can write these scriptures down. And we did our whole series on Holy Spirit the help. Um, And that's what he is. He's a help. He's a helper. And And it's John 14. I want to look at this verse. John 14 And verse 15. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. What does a helper do? He helps, right? I will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Holy Spirit is in us, and he's in us to help us. He's in us to help us when we need help. What what do you have to do to get help? Ask, right? And the Bible's very clear. Ask, and what? And you shall receive. Everybody say it. Say it. Ask. Say it again, everybody. Okay. Okay. So the helper who's been here from the beginning, who's, who's so intricately involved in my salvation, who is the person I was baptized into being the Holy Spirit, and who empowers me as I pray in tongues, And when I pray in tongues, I have the ability to pray in the understanding. So I'm praying in the Spirit about specific things, and He's going to give me answers. Why? Because He's a helper. He's here to help me. He's not here to do it. He's here to help me do it. I'm going to say it again. Holy Spirit is not here to do it. Well, I just give it to God. (laughs) God just gives it right back. I'm going to give it away, and it's going to come right back. I'm going to give it away, and it's like a boomerang coming right back at me. God doesn't want anything. Amen? He said, cast all your care upon him. That's what he wants. But he will not fix the problem. He'll help us fix it in his power and his ability and his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding. Everybody say, he's a helper. He's not a fixer. Mm -mm. No. But his wisdom and his word will fix everything. Second thing, 
that he provides is power and anointing. Power and anointing. Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and Kerrville and Comfort and all the ends of the earth. Right? And everywhere. Why? Because we're empowered. And Acts 10.38 says that he has anointed us, and he's no respecter of person, and he's anointed us to accomplish everything that is put before us. God has equipped us, empowered us, and anointed us. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. John 14, 26 says that he teaches us. See, I'm, I'm teaching the word tonight. I'm giving you the word. But the person of the Holy Spirit inside of you will take what I say, and then he'll say, he'll come to you and he'll say, okay, Brian, you heard what Pastor said tonight. Now, this is what I want you to know specifically in your life. It's a win-win. We can't lose. We have the Holy Spirit who, will, who is the truth. See, I've had people say, well, see, I, I don't need church because uh, I, I, I receive everything from the Holy Ghost. Well, that, that, that's okay, but that's not scriptural. See, you, you need the word taught because you need to be disciplined enough to show up and stay under authority and stay undercover, see? And as you stay under, then God causes you to, uh, to arise over. See, those who are under overcome everything that they face, every situation. Um, Justin, I want you and Kathleen just to stand up. I'm, I'm going to prophesy something to you. Um, today, as I was praying in the Spirit, I saw this. And God says to you that there is a, you know, yeah, you're in a new season. But there's a new season for his blessing and prosperity upon your life. Just because, just because you've remained under authority. Just because of that. There's a new season of accomplishing things in your life that maybe you have even thought you don't know if that will ever happen. It's going to happen in your life. New ideas and, and, fresh, and, and fresh new abilities to accomplish things that you've, never, that you've never done before. But you're entering into this season right now only because you've remained under authority. Amen? Thank you. And now I'm going to say this, I'm going to prophesy this to a, a group of you, okay? If, if you're sitting here tonight and I'm, I'm speaking to you a word of wisdom, okay? What I, what I spoke to them was a word of knowledge. Now I'm speaking a word of wisdom to a, a group of you, if, and if you say this is you, then you, you'll receive it. Um. I was praying the Spirit today, and I heard this so clear as I heard that about them as an example for what God wanted to say, and then I heard this really clear, that being under authority 
is a choice by an individual. Being under authority is not a control. It's, it's, not, it's not the control of someone else. If someone else is controlling the decision you make to be under authority, if they're controlling and manipulating every choice and decision that you make, it's not right. But when people choose to come under authority and they remain in that place, that covering is a platform to increase. But the moment that you choose to do that, all hell come against your life. The moment you make a choice to be under authority, and I'm speaking to a number of you, the enemy will come after you to try to steal you away and get you out from underneath that protective covering. Because see, under that covering, you're protected from the enemy. Yeah, he wouldn't want you under that covering, right? He wouldn't want you in that place. He wouldn't want you to remain in that place. But that covering is only a choice that you make. Only a choice that you make to be under. And when you're under, as the Roman centurion was in uh, John chapter 8, you can go back and read about him, the Roman centurion was a man under authority, and because he was under authority, he was a man that was in great authority. And he operated in authority in the other things of his life that he did because he was a man under authority. And he wasn't afraid of being under authority. Because if you're under right authority, the authority in your life has your best interest at heart. Um, am I off? Hello. So that's my word. And if that bears witness and relates to you, just receive that tonight. Okay? What I shared with them was a word of knowledge. What I shared with the others was a word of wisdom and caution that wisdom will bring and, and wisdom will bring to a situation. So we'll, we'll teach on that this coming year, or I mean this year, and we're going to go in detail about how you can have something for somebody and how important that that is. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does is he leads. Romans 8, 14, all those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the children of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the children of God. So the Holy Spirit in my life, who was there in the beginning, who was there in the beginning of my salvation, and who is there from day to day with me on a day-to-day -day basis, he leads me. Glory to God. He gives gifts, and that's one of the things that we'll talk about in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. He gives gifts. And he places believers in the body of Christ. And, and it's real clear the way he places people where he wants them. And, and that's also found in 1 Corinthians 12. And another thing that he does is he builds up. Little book in, towards the end of the Bible, second to the last chapter, Jude, verse 20 and 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, how? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy, Holy Spirit. Verse 21, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Wow. Wow. Keep yourself. 
as I build myself up in my most holy faith, as I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm empowered to keep myself in the love of God. What, 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 how, how do you keep yourself in love? By making a decision to walk in love instead of walking outside of love. Wow, wow, wow. The benefits of the Holy Ghost. The other thing that he brings is peace and joy. Peace and joy. The Holy Spirit who was in the beginning of creation, who was in the beginning of your salvation, who is there with you from day to day, is there to deliver peace and joy. Look at Romans 14 and verse 17. Another great verse. 14 and 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy. Where? In the Holy Spirit who's the third part of God. There's three parts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Those three parts are one. And and where that peace and joy is found is in the Holy Spirit, in relationship, as I pray in other tongues. In Acts chapter 19, it talks about the benefit of praying in other tongues. You can go back there and look. But as I pray in other tongues, as I pray in the Spirit, then I pray with the understanding And what he gives me is peace and joy and fulfillment and the understanding of the righteousness of God in Christ. One of the greatest revelations that a human being can have, I'd have to say it's probably one of the top two revelations that a person can have, is that God loves you. That God himself loves you. That God loves you. It's it's one thing to love other people. But when we understand that God loves me, when, when when I understand that God loves me, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. See, we don't we don't purpose to talk bad. If you're talking bad about people, and, and, and you're coming against other people, and you have an attitude toward other people, now you're walking outside of love, okay? But you really won't learn how to love other people till you really love yourself. And the only way you can love yourself is to know that God loves you. In spite of yourself, in spite of your mistakes, in spite of anything you've ever done, but that you walk in that revelation that God truly loves you. I don't know, man, that's just... That's almost beyond comprehension that the God of this world, this, this Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, love me. John, John chapter 17 says, he loves me the same way that he loves Jesus. Father God loves me the same way that he loves Jesus. I, I, I don't understand. Because when you look at Jesus himself, you look at perfection. But the deal is this. When you understand how God looks at me, when I understand how God looks at me, that he looks at me through the perfected eyes of Jesus, and he didn't see the blemishes and the mistakes and all the stuff, he knows all about you. He made you. But he loves me in spite of myself. That's what the Holy Spirit is here to do, to teach us, to help us to understand that so we can help other people. I mean, you know, if you think you're an idiot... You think you're a loser? 
then losers are going to come through your life to other people. I know, because I've dealt with those things. Baggage from the past, stuff that I carried with me, attitudes that I had. And really, people that don't learn to get past it, they can be good to people that are good to them, but they can never do something right and speak well of people that do ugly to them. And Jesus said, that's where the prophet is. It doesn't profit you that you are just nice to somebody that's nice to you. It's when people do you wrong that you're able to still turn around and do them right. And I heard one guy one time make this comment. He said, to really do that, to really accomplish what I just said, is to not only choose to bless people that have done you wrong, but to have attitude that you don't want them to get what they deserve. (laughs) And at the time I heard that, I hadn't graduated to that point yet. But we just keep graduating. We keep growing up, amen? We keep going to a higher level. Because man, I tell you what, there ain't nothing like living in God. So, Look at 1 Corinthians 14, and I'm going to end with this. 1 Corinthians 14. I went the wrong way to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 14. Four benefits of praying in the Spirit. And just look at these two verses of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 14. And verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no, for no one understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Or he speaks knowledge. He speaks knowledge with understanding. He speaks things that are hidden in God. So one of the benefits of praying in, on this, uh, in, in praying in the Spirit is to have revelation knowledge that comes from God. You, you don't just have to rely on, on just natural knowledge, but the Holy Spirit will give you revelation knowledge. Amen? The second thing is, and it's in the fourth verse, and it says... He who speaks in a tongue, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Praying in other tongues builds up. We read that verse in Jude 20. It says, building ourselves up in our most holy faith. So see, as you pray in other tongues, you get built up. I don't know if you ever need to be built up, but I'm telling you, a benefit of praying in other tongues is that you build yourself up. And I'll just, I'll just tell you this. If you, you, you may have never experienced this, but if you pray in other tongues, and, and later on next month we'll pray for people uh, during the time that we do water baptism, we're going to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that are interested in it around that same time. But if you pray in the Spirit... And you pray in other tongues. 
if you learn to pray in other tongues for more than 10 minutes, you'll find out something about a new realm that you've never known before. And it's a realm of building you up that has nothing to do with the natural whatsoever. Because in, in the natural realm, the only time that we can be built up is when all the circumstances line up, when everything appears to be right. But I'm telling you tonight, you can be built up and all hell be breaking out against you and, and breaking loose around you. You can be built up on the inside when you learn to pray for more than 10 minutes. You say, Pastor, you got scripture and verse on that 10-minute thing? No, I'm just telling you by experience. When I pray in tongues for about two minutes, does nothing, it doesn't do a lot for me. I'm not saying nothing. It's great to pray in the Spirit. But it doesn't do a lot for building me up. Praying in other tongues is good, and sometimes you don't need to be built up. You need an answer to something, and you may get it in two or three minutes. But the part about building you up, you need to be praying more than 10 minutes in, in tongues at a specific time that'll take you into even farther and a deeper place with God that you, in the natural, you can't know what that's like unless you pray in other tongues for more than 10 minutes. And then also in that verse 4, benefit of praying in the Spirit is hearing His voice. As we pray in the Spirit, then we pray of the understanding. We, we hear the voice of God speaking things to us. I can't tell you how many times that I've struggled in the natural for an answer. And as I prayed in the Spirit, and, and again, sometimes it takes a while to, to break through. But all of a sudden, I'll hear His voice. And what He will reveal to me is the answer through a scripture. You know where the Bible says, a word in season will sustain you or build you or answer you, but the right word in the right season and at the right time. See, as we pray in the Spirit and you've been studying the Word, He's going to reveal things to you that you, didn't even, that you didn't even see a certain way. It'll be a scripture or it'll be a piece of a scripture or something that He'll talk to you through and you, you've never even seen it come out of that verse until He spoke it to you when you needed it. But it came to you when you chose to pray in, in other tongues. A benefit of praying in other tongues. And the last thing is, praying in other tongues enables you to pray the perfect will of God. And that's found in Romans 8, 26 and 7. It enables you to pray the perfect will of God. So when we don't know how to pray, that third part of the triune being who was here in the beginning, who was here at the beginning of your salvation, who walks with you every day, who empowers you and helps you and teaches you and leads you in all the things that he does, that third part of the triune being will enable the perfect will of God to be accomplished in your life. That's why if you're not praying and utilizing the gift of the Holy Spirit with the, with the result of being able to pray in other tongues, I encourage you to use it. And if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, make sure that as, we, as it's time to pray, or, or, or there may be somebody here that wants to be prayed for, and you know someone else in here that will pray for you to receive the baptism. You don't have to do it in, in a service. 
But again, we'll, we'll make it available in a service this next month, and you can do it, but you don't have to wait till then because there's people here in this body that will pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'll just tell you right now, it's not that difficult, and you don't have to have gone to Bible school to do it. You just got to be born again and have confidence in the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And it may, it may look really corky looking with the way you pray for somebody. All that matters is they start praying in other tongues. That's how awesome God is. Amen? That's how awesome that this person of the Holy Spirit is and how vitally important that it is that we allow him to speak to us and tell us things that we need to know every day and allow him to help us. Amen?